Welcome again to the Authentic Dad Podcast. It's David Warrench. Thank you all for joining me. Reach me at further.coach, F-U-R-T-H-U-R.coach, furthercoach.com as well. That's F-U-R-T-H-U-R, Instagram, uh, further underscore coaching, uh, TikTok, further coaching. And I'd love to hear from you. Reach out, email me feedback. Maybe you know a guest. Maybe you want to be a guest. Um, I also do a free 30-minute a phone consult for fathers or non-fathers who want coaching, who are passionate about the things we talk about on the podcast, whether it's more presence with your children, your partner, yourself, and kind of want to step it up a notch and flourish in the world and want someone to guide and facilitate them to do that. I am a certified professional coach. Today, I have Manka Klinar, and she's awesome. We talk about the highly sensitive person. She coaches people who are quote, highly sensitive concept that has been around for a little while, um, coined by Elaine Aaron. A lot of research on this that says about 15 to 20% of the population has this trait, um, which can be a gift. But as we talk about, sometimes this trait can be challenging. So if you are a highly sensitive person or know somebody or maybe have an inclination that you are one, stick around. I think you'll get a lot out of this. I look forward to connecting with you all. Please consider subscribing, giving a five-star review as always, and we'll see you on the other side. So I am here with Mansa Klinar, and she is an intuitive, curious HSP, which stands for highly sensitive person, dedicated to empowering highly sensitive individuals. She's an avid believer in a holistic approach to life and uses education and exploration to expand awareness In her work as a certified whole person life coach, she combines experience and knowledge about high sensitivity, energy work, and learning from various other fields of interest. She is determined to help fellow HSPs reclaim their power. She loves movement, nature, quiet, and solitude, preferably all together. Mansa, thank you so much for talking to me today. Hi, David. Hi, everyone. Thank you for inviting me and for this initiative, Fred awareness about high sensitivity it is my pleasure and you are coming live or not live for them but live for me in slovenia yeah slovenia awesome awesome and it's what six five or six hours ahead six Six hours hours ahead yeah okay awesome so you're a coach and you specialize in what is called hsps highly sensitive uh people that, um, let's can you can you define that? What does that mean for people who've never heard of the term HSP? It is high sensitivity. Mm-hmm. It is a normal personality trait, and the term was founded or established by Elaine Aaron. She yeah. is a psychologist and researcher, and she started doing the research for about high sensitivity. The scientific term is sensory processing sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, it's a normal trait. I want to... Yeah, meaning it's, it has been said about 15 to 20% of the population, That is that what you mean by normal? Yeah, great. Yeah, I mean by, no, by, by normal, I mean it's just a trait. It's not a disorder, it's not a disease, it It does not have symptoms, it has characteristics, Mm. and it's not um, HDD, 
ADD, it's not autism, it's not sensory processing disorder, none of this. It's just a trait. Yeah, it's you're not it's not a diagnosis, like yeah. <laughs> I totally understand. Yeah. So um can you we'll talk about how you landed doing that, but give me a little taste of like some characteristics of the highly sensitive person. Yeah, gladly. So it's according to Dr. Elaine Aaron, mm-hmm. this trait is in a person who exhibits four characteristics and all four. So the characteristics are the depth of processing, being easily overwhelmed, overstimulated, over aroused, overwhelmed, emotional reactivity and empathy enhanced and sensitivity to subtleties. She created an acronym DOES be easily remembered. E-O-E-S, okay. And the foundation of this trait is the depth of processing. It has to do with the brain. The brain process everything more thoroughly, more deeply. Okay, can we, let's take these one at a time. And if depth of processing that you say the brain um, processes it more uh, subtly, more deeply. Can we give an example of that? Um, let's say someone who is an HSP versus someone who is not. What would be what would be the difference in the in the real world? We are more reflective. Mm-hmm. We reflect more on things. We think about things more, and we also think about things more deeply. We have a vivid imagination. We need more information to make decisions and we want to do it perfectly we want to do it it's like not trial and error way but do it once and do it good more that kind of thing got it yeah, I know that. And so um, there's maybe a, as you said, a reflection that is more pronounced in someone who has HSPs and someone who doesn't. So maybe one example, I don't know if this would be a good example if um, someone's having a 50th birthday party, maybe the HFP, HSP thinks like gives a lot more depth and meaning. Like, what does this mean to my life? I'm turning 50 and contemplates death and goes deep and maybe reads a philosophy book where maybe the non-HP is like, yeah, just a birthday party. Is, could that be a, an example of, uh, of a depth of processing difference? Yeah, it's a great example. And I have one of my own. When we, I used to rock climb more and I always have the biggest backpack because I know myself and I was like, Oh, what if it's cold? I will get this. What if I'm thirsty more? What if I'm hungry more? And I had all those things. When my other friends, when my friends did not have those intellectual processes before that. Okay. So it shows up, it sounds like it shows up for you and kind of like, really being prepared, really having all the details, really making yourself comfortable, whereas maybe someone else would be like, ah, let's just go rock climbing. We don't need all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And also every choice is a 
special choice be a important life change mm -hmm. or just the flavor of the ice of ice cream ah yeah interesting so. okay and the second one you mentioned was easily overwhelmed and though i would imagine that is not just emotionally that tell me if that's if it's true it could also be sounds um changes in weather which is one that i struggle with um subtle energies in the world um certain personalities when you say easily overwhelmed does that encompass all those different things yeah would you be okay if we go first to the e and s and then return to the o because oh sure it's yeah, yeah. more logical yeah, yeah yeah okay so um so we'll skip the e let's go to the o now let's skip the o and go to the e okay however yeah. you want to do it <laughs> <laughs> okay the second one or let's say the e part has mm -hmm. two components one is stronger emotional reactions mm -hmm. and the second one is stronger empathy okay. so I will start with stronger emotional reactions. Mm -hmm. It's linked to the foundational one, the depth of processing, mm -hmm. because we learn if things are important to us, right? Yep. And remember things. So HSPs process things thoroughly, so they have to, they have to be important. And that means more emotions. Yeah. There are more emotions in the system of highly sensitive person. And when there are emotional reactions with all of this quantity of emotions, they are more intense. Yeah. It shows like it's not it's not a big deal. Why are you so upset or yeah, I, I was just going to say that where am I, I, I believe I'm probably an HSP. Um, it, it all seems to fit. And I think in the past I've read that Elaine Aaron's book and have taken the quizzes and whatnot. It's been a while. But yeah, like if something comes up, at least for me at work, where someone, let's say, is disappointed or has a certain tone, I have this a lot more of a strong reaction than, say, than someone else you might say, eh. Who cares like move on but I am I kind of exquisitely sense um, these you know subtle like emotions or reactions or, or, or disappointments and it really impacts me and that's not I'm not saying that's always good but that's that's my nervous system yeah exactly it's more finely tuned nervous system that's mm -hmm. the description mm -hmm. and it also what you mentioned it has to do also with the depth depth of processing because we are more we are deeper feelers so we feel the pain of the world and we think about all of that that's why boundaries are so important knowing what you can do about things and not right. so you you don't stress yourself about things you cannot change right because i would imagine feeling things more deeply and processing things more deeply can be a gift yeah in that you're paying attention 
your understanding, you want to make a difference in the world. And not that people who aren't HSPs don't have those things, but that is a gift, but it's also a burden because if you do not, and we can talk about that, harness that, understand yourself, create boundaries and self-care, the world can be a very difficult place, I would imagine, for someone like you, maybe like me, maybe someone even more sensitive. Yeah. Yeah, you have to know yourself and adjust your life so you take a proper care of yourself. You create your own manual and then follow it. Yeah, well, let's go through the other two and then I want to hear how you help people deal with this um, gift and slash difficulty at the same time. Yeah, okay, I would just say for the first one, the D, we are also more conscientious. Mm -hmm. We spot errors easily. We find patterns. We, we, yeah. yeah. And the second component of the E is a stronger empathy. This has to do with mirror neurons. Mm -hmm. They are more active in highly sensitive people. Mirror neurons are the brain cells that help you help us learn through imitation. Yes. When we were kids, we learned like that. So we know what the other people is, the other person is thinking, what they are feeling to an, to an extent, we even feel that. Mm -hmm. So this is more high, is heightened in highly sensitive people. Yeah, and I, I would think that's an important skill in certain professions and also an occupational hazard. <laughs> Like, right. yeah, I can understand you, but it's killing me. <laughs> yeah. So boundaries are very important, energetic and emotional. Yeah. So the third one is S, sensitivity to subtleties. So we spot those small things the majority misses. We, this results in being more stimulated by loud noises. We are, we are more, we don't like it. Yeah. Or the bright lights, strong smells, strong taste, pain. We're sensitive to pain. We get more out of coffee. We are drunk. More out of Is it more out of coffee? Yeah, we get more caffeine out of the stronger Ooh. effect of coffee. Now you're speaking my language. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the second one or the coffee one? Oh, just, I, I, I'm just a, I'm a coffee uh, enthusiast and oh. I think coffee, like, not only is delicious, it feels like it cures depression. It gives ah. me life, it gives me caffeine. Anyway, that's a whole nother yeah. podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, so maybe, maybe it all makes sense. So how does this, this show up for you, this subtlety um, in your life? Oh, sometimes it's good, but... Sometimes it's not so good because I spot small things like someone ignores me, someone I look when I talk mm -hmm. to someone, I see when they are distracted, when I I hear when they do something else but not evident like by evidence, like mm -hmm. the noise, but from their tone of voice, their energy. Mm -hmm. And I notice a, short, a haircut. Mm. I notice a slight smell. That is so interesting because I tend to notice 
haircuts for some reason <laughs> in both men and women. And that's weird. That's a trait. There's something I always notice when people get a haircut. I, it, I just always thought it was just like a weird thing. I didn't yeah. know that it was, I didn't know that that was connected to a uh, sensitivity. I That's think funny. it's also, oh, sorry. I think it's yeah. also connected to being visual. Are you a visual type of person? Extremely. Yeah. So yeah, probably it just occurred to me. You probably remember how they looked, and then you spot, mm. spot the small differences. And because the brain takes this deeper and processes it deep, more deeply, Oh, wow. It stays there and you just bring it up the next time mm -hmm. you see a person. Wow. That's, yeah, I'm just thinking back to when, uh, um, when I was in school and when I'd be taking a test, I literally could, when I was taking the test, could see my notes in my head while I was taking the test. So I could see the answer because I could l visualize what my notes, you know, I didn't have the notes in front of me, but I remember exactly what, isn't that weird? Yeah, that's how, yeah. I guess I'm very visual. I could I could literally see the notes. Say, oh, I I can see that. I know what the note said. So there's the answer. Oh, you're the lucky one. I when guess so. I, when I did that, mm -hmm. I remembered which color it was highlighted with. Mm -hmm. I could remember where on the page it was, but I couldn't remember what oh, it was. Okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> I could actually see my weird scribbled handwriting and what it said. Not always, but. You know, I studied it, but I, I had this picture of what it looked like on the page. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah. so there's one more. I would like to mention something else here. Yeah. It has to do with the first one again, but they are so yeah. intertwined. Yeah, it sounds like they're, they're all interacting to, with yeah. each other. It sometimes seems that highly sensitive people are indecisive. Okay. They are not really or not always because they need more information and more time to process all of this mm -hmm. it also seems like they are more cautious which they are yeah but when there is a new situation it takes longer for them to process it but when this or a similar situation comes they are way faster than the majority to act in the new situation because the last one is deeply processed. And when, when they spot it's similar, they just bring up that data and they can poof, make a decision uh, or do okay. something. Okay. Oh, like quit, like pattern recognition. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. They see, if they see like a similar pattern, they can recognize it, but if it's something completely new, there's a, a, a more cautiousness. I And I don't know if it's true. I would think, I don't know if maybe there's a little bit of fear. Like, I don't know if I want to do that because that could overwhelm me or something, something like that, potentially. It might be, but they say we have a pause to check system. Mm -hmm. Like first when something new happens or when there is a new situation that happens in children as well when they i will i will use this example okay. when a, a child comes into a new play playroom a highly sensitive child will stand by the door and observe first uh. and if 
he or she senses it is safe, it is a safe situation, they will proceed, they will approach the children or whatever it's in there. But if not, they will stay behind because they right. it's a survival strategy. Yeah, no, I'm thinking like you see those kids that are just jump right in, no problem, here you go, like it's nobody's business and the other kids are kind of staring in the corner and you're like, what's wrong? You know, is, is my kid shy? Is, are they not social? And it, and it could be that is exactly what you're saying. Yeah, just some, they are, you know, something to keep in mind. They are labeled as shy or timid or mm -hmm. a mother once told me that they told her child that she does not know how to play, mm. but she was just highly sensitive. So it's all those labels. Um, well, that's good to, to recognize I have children um, and to, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to, I think that kind of explains uh, some of their, some of their behaviors, some of their traits, especially when they were younger. Yeah. Um, My. Yeah. Did we? Um... We, be we came to S. Okay. So now it's more logical to return to the O. Mm -hmm. So we've. I will describe it like this. Majority of people is like a, are like a radio station that can play, or I don't know what's the word, 25 frequencies. They can get 25 frequencies. While HSPs are a radio, a radio transmitter or whatever that catches 100. Oh, really? Frequencies. So that's a lot of information that has to be deep, that have to be deeply processed. Yeah. So it's a lot of work. Mm. It's more stimulation than the, the than majority of the population. So it's the overstimulation or over arousal comes sooner comparing to the majority. Yes. And if this stimulation is too much at once, too bigger stimulation at once, I'm not good with words today. No, you got it. Or if it's not that much stimulation, but it lasts too long. Yeah. There comes overwhelm when there's okay. no no way out you just want to shut down you don't want to even exist yeah so so it's so it's um the the um the, the the frequency like this thing this thing this thing this thing uh, all at once or it's the length which probably yeah. feels too intense after a while yeah right? so if it's not the quantity it's this long-term length of stimulation that feels intense whereas the nor not the normal the non-HSP, it, it doesn't, it's not a thing because I, I, I take a lot of naps because I just need to, I need to shut down my whole system because it feels <laughs> like, and nowadays with the phones and the 24-hour news cycle and this and this and this and this and this and this, the world, even if you're not an HSP, just seems just like a place that's, that there's constant never-ending stimulation which is probably increasingly hard 
for someone who has trouble with that. Yeah, especially the outside noise or inside noise and electromagnetic stimulation. It's Mm -hmm. also, we are sensitive to all of that, to all the noises. We take everything in. We, We cannot say this is not important. Let's say if we would be talking in a cafeteria and there will be people around us, Mm-hmm. I would hear their conversation and I could I, I would have trouble focus on you and after oh, okay. a while I would become over aroused and if I would not stop this stimulation I would say I cannot do it no more and I would just shut down so quiet spaces are very important to you yeah quiet spaces and there's something else that's important for all of it for all us hsps pauses taking pauses and taking breaks and having at least they say at least two hours during the day to give the nervous system a break from stimulation from other people to be able to rejuvenate yeah. Fresh. It it can it does not have to be two hour block. Mm-hmm. The best is uh, breaks throughout the day, so yes. your naps are perfect. Yes. A little resets throughout yeah. the day. Um, yeah. No, I think that's really great advice. So when someone comes to you as a coach, are they coming to you and saying, "Look, I'm a highly sensitive person." And I'd like some coaching or are they just coming for coaching and then you later identify them as that or, or both? Like, how does that, how does that happen? Are they, are they like self-identifying or, or do you sort of talk to them and say, Oh, I think you might be this. Does this resonate? It happened twice that Mm -hmm. I pointed out the possibility, but Mm -hmm. otherwise they know they are HSPs and they want to, learn themselves better, mm-hmm. understand themselves better, and adjust their lives yeah. to support high sensitivity. They, they, they've probably read Elaine Aaron's book or done some research, and then they, and then they stumble upon you because that's what you do. Um, let's talk about how you got into that, and then I want to know how you help people who are struggling. So how, how did you decide to, to specialize in this? Because I know you, ha- I know we have a, I know you're in Slovenia, but we have, we have a little bit of a similar professional background, right? Yeah. What I were you studied, doing? Mm-hmm. I studied law and I worked at the court of law. Mm. I left the job twice. First time I wasn't sure and I started missing the intellectual work. I started missing writing all those decisions and Wow. Yeah, this was the part that I missed, but it became too stimulative. So, yeah. are you saying law is not sensitive to the highly sensitive person? I'm being sarcastic. Are you, like you, <laughs> you're saying the court, the courtroom, and in the legal system, isn't uh, compatible with your traits of sensitivity? Law mm-hmm. originally. Mm-hmm. and historically is for highly sensitive because uh-huh. we have high standards we have we are <laughs> inherently right 
bound by morality, by ethics, all of that. But according to Dr. Elaine Aaron, mm -hmm. we, through history, lost our roles as priestly advisors. Yeah. And when non-HSP individuals got that role, the standards changed. So Very for me, it's, we had all those, you had to be fast, you had to do things like, <laughs> if you work on the, behind the con conveyor belt, mm -hmm. like doing things. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're saying. Like in, in theory, someone working in the legal system would be who's highly sensitive it would be a perfect fit but there's there's unfortunately like a bureaucracy that has been created that now makes it maybe not a good fit and i, I think that is probably true in the u.s as well um i am very much engaged in the practice of law and the traits of what you're describing are very very important however there is a system which makes it really challenging, you know. Yeah. The 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 pace, the stress, the sort of um, adver adversity that can happen. Yeah. So I, I so so you were doing that and then decided you need something else. Yeah, but the first time I left this, it was mostly due to I did I worked at the executions, so there was limited space that I could be the justice. Mm -hmm. So I, I remember I listened to a woman, I believed her, mm -hmm. but I could not rule otherwise. And oh, I see. she had to pay. But I, I believed her, she did not have the power. But the law said, yep. if you don't but theoretically and formally you had all the power you needed but you didn't execute mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that was the big i i could not do that anymore yeah. so that led me somewhere else and after sec the second time my body said no because i couldn't focus anymore so after that i went on a deep inner journey and i did not know what i will do i just knew law and court of law is not the choice for me oh well so you didn't know where it was going to take you no and i after i read elaine aaron's book the highly sensitive person i was like wow i'm not flawed there's nothing wrong with me mm -hmm. and there are people like me i have to spread the word and then I was thinking, what, how could I do that? And on her page, I, <laughs> I saw you can get sort of approved by her if you do us, if you are a coach certified by International Coach Federation, or you are certified by a coaching school that is ICF approved. Mm -hmm. So I found our mutual coaching school. And yeah, I went from there. And here you are. Yeah, and here I am. All right. 
So somebody also, and we'll talk about, um, you did mention children. I want to talk about that a little bit later because this is the Authentic Dad podcast and hopefully people are listening have kids and wondering, what do I do if I have a kid who might be really sensitive? How do I do that? Let's start with adults first. They come to you, they find you, say, I'm that. I read Elaine Aaron's book. I'm struggling with all the things that you described, like, um, how do you help them? We first go through their life, how their life is looking right now. Mm -hmm. So we can see the relations of the certain parts, areas of their lives. And I yep. ask questions that have to do with high sensitivity if they don't give me information about that. And then depends on what they want to prioritize our work to. Depends on their goals and wishes, we then proceed. But I, I always say you have to cultivate your inner relationship. You have to first be okay with who you are and the way you are. Ah. And you start doing that by taking care of yourself and taking care of your needs. You have to, in order to do that, you have to know yourself. Right. How high sensitivity is showing in you, in your life, and then what to do to support it. Yeah, so let's first get a map. What's everything look like? Let's yeah. see how this is actually showing up. Once we have that, then we can work on what to do about it. So let's yeah. say there's a guy, he comes in, he says, man, I'm a lawyer. I get so overwhelmed every day. I go to court. I got kids. I got a wife. And I'm just wiped out. Um, needing naps. I'm drinking a lot of coffee. I'm just always overwhelmed by like the daily of life. Like what are some strategies, self-care, boundaries, simple things that I can do to help myself? I mean, you mentioned um, one of the things is these sort of daily check-ins um, or uh, sort of moments of solitude. And um, anything else come to mind besides, oh, besides that? a lot. Okay. I will not ask you questions because we are not in a coaching <laughs> this session. Was, this was just hypothetical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, in the hypothetical <laughs> world. Um, but I would ask you questions about how does your day look like? Where are the openings to do something about it? But important things. Sleep, as I mentioned, daily yep. breaks times of solitude and silence and quiet and no people around because the nervous system co-regulates with another person and energy yes flows. so without this or or maybe certain energies and certain people <laughs> oh, just like, but yeah, Whoa. <laughs> certain energies can bring you down it sounds like all the things that we already know, but for someone who is a highly sensitive person, you really have to be intentional and conscious and actually build into your life and maybe go to someone like you who can support you to do that um, because that could make 
I mean, just a massive difference between burnout and overwhelm or really performing at a super high level. Yeah. And it's crucial to know the state you are in. So be connected to your body, to your, let's say, battery level, to the amount of stimulation you are in and to pay attention to what your day was so far. Mm-hmm. How many breaks? I'm I'm just talking you, but the person no, yeah, you're no, talking about. Do do you have any you know of course meditation, yoga, any other specific practices that you think are helpful to check in with your body? Body scan, body going scan, yeah. through the body, and mm-hmm. when you get used to it, you do it. You yeah. don't need a special blocked out time to do it but you are aware of the state your body is in and your brain and you pay more attention to yourself, to yes. your system. And I, and I couldn't agree with you more on that. And it's something I practice regularly. And it also sort of commands your mind to focus on your hands, your feet, whatever you're scanning versus all of the frazzle that's happening in the moment. Um, you're putting your energy towards something really specific, and then it and then it really calms your nervous system, and also lets you tune in to what's to what's actually happening. So, uh, and it's really simple. I mean, you could do it almost anywhere. It could take as little as a minute or two. I think it's it's yeah. it's one of those things where I, I really recommend. So I'm glad you brought that up. And there's something else. When we close our eyes, we mm-hmm. block eighty percent of simulation. Yes. When we put our uh, fingers into our ears, we block another important quantity of information. Mm -hmm. So if nothing else is possible, we can do that. Yeah, I, I often prefer talking on the phone versus doing a Zoom call because the visual is distracting. Even though I'm visual, it's distracting for me to kind of tune in to what's happening in the conversation um so i'm 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 usually a phone person versus a zoom person because i because i'm sort of looking at myself in the video and that's distracting and <laughs> looking i try to look at the other person in, in 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 the eye but there's still a component of 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 like my attention is not as what it could be unless in any case you could close your eyes on zoom and look weird in meetings or something but yeah but it, it wears you off yeah mm-hmm. so it's great i would like to do something okay i would like to invite our listeners to close their eyes and mm-hmm. maybe just focus on their body and the connection their body makes with the ground they are on and really feel that connection as long as they're not driving. Oh yeah, it's safe, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I forgot that. One. No, no, no. I just, I'm, sh- I'm sure people wouldn't do that anyway. I'm, yeah. Okay. So go ahead. Yeah, grounding is very important, and it brings us into the body. So doing the breaks like this can have a very big impact, and doing grounding regularly, daily, mo- couple times a day can also have a great effect yeah, because, because we, yeah go yeah, ahead, go ahead. Yeah. i was just saying because our days can be so busy and overwhelming that you don't even know what's happening in the body because you're so disconnected 
because you're too busy doing all of these other things and just that two minutes can bring you back. Yeah, we are living above our neck. So we yeah. don't know what is going on below our neck. And that's a really good transition because I was over uh, eavesdropping on my nine-year-old daughters. She had a Zoom call or within class, you know, they're in school. And I think the guidance counselor was meeting with the class and she was doing all of this mindfulness um, exercises and training, which was so nice to hear that mindfulness and groundedness and has kind of seeped into, you know, mainstream society and schools. So tell me, just let's do a few, a little bit about children. You mentioned maybe at a party, if they're, you know, not as fully engaged right away, that could be a sign. What are the signs for children that are HSBs and how would, how would we engage as a parent with them? Yeah. Okay. Thanks for bringing that. That's a lot in one question, but. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I have a lot to, to say, but I will just say this. I will start with this. Highly sensitive children are very fragile. I will use this word because high sensitivity makes us take out of everything we got more. So if we have a good childhood, we will prosper more compared to people who are not highly sensitive and had similar situations. This is called, yeah, Hmm. this is called vantage sensitivity. Okay. And if we have a bad childhood or not good enough childhood, we will suffer more compared to a person Uh, who's not highly sensitive. Okay. Okay, so an HSP child who has a so-called good childhood will thrive more than a non-HSP and vice versa will do a lot worse if they have a so-called not good childhood than a non-HSP. That's very interesting. Yeah, research showed that. And this is why I'm so passionate about bringing the word about high sensitivity and highly sensitive children out because highly sensitive children need more support during their first years. They have to learn how to monitor their batteries, their energy supply, how to manage emotions, how to be okay with who they are because we grew up feeling there's something wrong with us. No one knew what's high sensitivity. People were so busy surviving and being tough to be able to survive. Yeah. So we were weird. We, we were too sensitive. And, you know, it's, it's probably worth noting that surviving um, can manifest probably in some dark ways, right? Um, overeating, alcohol abuse. I, I would imagine it could go sideways. Look, I feel like shit and because I'm so overstimulated, I don't know what to do. I need something to numb myself out. So I would imagine as a person gets older, the survival mechanisms isn't always healthy. Yeah, great that you brought that up. Mm-hmm. It's, I call this self-medicating. Mm-hmm. You yeah. numb yourself because it's too painful, too uncomfortable. And this is why we tend to prefer living above the neck mm-hmm. and disconnecting from what's below it. 
So for children, the most important thing is to acknowledge their experience, to believe the child, whatever they are experiencing is true for them. And at, at, to attune to them, to their emotional needs. And attuned parents will know when they are manipulating, as children do, and right. when they are really experiencing something. Right. So don't dismiss their feelings. And if you're present, you'll know when your child is experiencing painful emotions or trying to manipulate you. Yeah. It, accept their experience because it is their own, however unknown to a parent it might be mm -hmm. or uncomprehensible. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not very easy for parents who are not highly sensitive to accept that, especially non-highly sensitive father, mm -hmm. highly sensitive son. That's the toughest oh, yeah. thing to understand, I think, I would say. Yeah, well, yeah, because then you have all that sort of manly, masculine stereotypes. Why are you so sensitive, son? Yeah. I could totally see that. Hopefully, hopefully not as much as it used to be. Hopefully things are changing, but I could totally yeah. see like, like an old school dad, you know, or with a sensitive son. Yeah. Mm -hmm. An old school dad who had to be old school, but was in fact highly sensitive. Yeah. That could be even worse because he would want to prevent his son's trouble the way he had trouble and had to yep. disguise his sensitivity mm -hmm. and would want to toughen his son even more. Right, right. So, so projecting all of his, yeah, his yeah. stuff onto, onto the kid. Yeah. yeah. Almost like, almost, almost like a closeted HSP. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah, doesn't want to yeah. fully right. accept themselves. Yeah. And oh. there's another thing I would like to mention with children, discipline. If they do something wrong, don't punish them mm -hmm. try to discipline them try to find a not so strict measure mm -hmm. as elaine aaron put in the book if you if you have highly sensitive children the listeners i would advise or i would suggest rec i would recommend highly sensitive child the book from elaine aaron yeah and if you are a highly sensitive adult also because for me it helps me understand myself more so she says in the book that punishing a highly sensitive child is like putting a nail into the wall with the the big hammer the we call it matola i don't know the big <laughs> hammer instead of the small one Mm -hmm. it would be crushing the the nail it's too much yeah it's too much so try the gent more gentle measures and pay attention to the shame to right not shaming what will what will people say or look what you did can't you do it better that kind of thing can't you be as social or as engaged as all the other kids yeah, yeah. Look at them. What's wrong with you? Why, 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 is the other, why are the other kids not having a problem with this? Yeah, because a highly sensitive child will want to do things good, will want to do things perfect. And when he does not do that, when he doesn't manage to do that, 
he will punish himself first. He doesn't need the outside punishment yeah. in the form of shaming. And there's another important thing, transitions between activities or when there's something that is changing, they yep. need transitions, more time to adjust to a new situation. Sure. They need smaller steps. They need slower approach. Um, pointing out what is known in a new situation. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think. I think one way we've I've noticed that. Yeah. What we've done is, or at least I've tried to do, is set set context. Say, okay, like in an hour we're gonna do this, or. And then we're going to do this. And then I'd like you to do this. And I'll give you 30 minutes or, and so they have a little bit of like a, like a plan or a context. And I think that kind of helps, you know, instead of, okay. Hey, we're doing this now without having any warning. Yeah. That, that seems to make a big difference. It's such a small, a small little tweak. Yeah. And there's something else. I think it's also important as we mentioned, high sensitivity and sensitivity to subtlety. Mm -hmm. Children will know what is going on inside of parents, what they are feeling, and they will express their parents' oh, okay. feelings even more than for uh, children who are not highly sensitive. That is such a great point. Like you think you're hiding your stress or anxiety and fear, but you're not, especially the kids. They know. They, they can yeah. feel it, especially the sensitive ones. Yeah. And it's a really good point. If, if the parent or any other person denies what they are feeling, in, what they are in fact feeling, or they don't know what they are feeling, and the child will go, but I'm sensing this, and this mm -hmm. is not true, and mm -hmm. if this repeats, they might lose touch and secure, become insecure Mm -hmm. in what they are feeling and not trust their instinct and which is not good. Yeah, no, that's a really great point. I would imagine the antidote to that would be, you know, in an appropriate way, sharing your feelings with your kids. Yeah. I'm feeling this way or that way. And, you know, in a way that's age appropriate, however the kid is and without get, you know, not giving away too much information if it's not for them to know or whatever's going on. Yeah. And learning them how to soothe. Mm -hmm. So be, I think the most important thing when the, there's a tantrum or emotional outburst or whatever there is for a parent to be a rock, to be calm and like a safe haven, sort of. Yeah. For a child to know, okay, I'm here, he's, or he or she is there for the child and so the child will feel safe to express whatever yeah. he or she is feeling because we don't want them to suppress what they are feeling. We don't want them growing up having trouble with their own relationships because they couldn't have this secure attachment with yeah. with their with their primary caregivers, right? Which is all a whole thing. <laughs> attachment yeah. theory and and all that. So I, I think that is a really great overview. There's probably, you know, 10 more hours we could talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything else that you think is important that, that we should add before we, before we go? 
Um, I think there's nothing wrong with high sensitivity, mm-hmm. learning new information about high sensitivity, about oneself, getting to know oneself and understand. Yeah. And acceptance is always good. Accept and acknowledge other people, their experience, and not take things personally, which is yeah. hard. Sounds like the first step would be recognize if you have some of these traits, realize it's it's not a diagnosis, it's normal, these are just traits, and then accept those traits and then try to help yourself yeah. through someone like you. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about your work, want to hire you as a coach, want to reach out? How can we find you? I have a personal website. Mm-hmm. It's my name my full name so m-a-n-c-a-k-l-i-n-a-r.com of course we will put that in the show notes and i think you have an offering that we'll also put in the show notes a a free offering tell me about that i have i have a free gift Mm -hmm. and it's in alignment with what i've shared getting to know oneself so it's a manual for highly sensitive how to begin it has a bit of theory, what high sensitivity is and what is good to do, and my story. And then I have the workbook that okay. helps you explore yourself and my favorite three things to do. All of that is part of the gift? Yeah, two ebooks. That is very generous. Thank yeah. you very much. That's awesome. Yeah. You're welcome. My pleasure. This this was great. I mean, I knew a bit about it, but not not as not about some of the stuff we talked about. I think it's very very interesting, helpful to me, helpful to people who are. Um, I I really wanted to get someone like you. I was just sort of came from a conversation with one of my friends who was reading that book and was like, I think I'm this HSP. I'm like, oh yeah, you probably are. And I, and then it just kind of reignited my interest in all of this. So thank you very much. You're welcome. I'm glad you're doing this. I think it's important. And um, yeah, I really appreciate your time. I'd like to mention one other thing. Yeah. I have a Facebook group called HSP Power. Oh, great. And I share a lot, a lot of information there. So if someone, if anyone is interested, you're welcome to join. Okay. HSP Power. Yeah. Facebook group, free to join, all that kind of stuff. It's a community yeah. maybe of HSPs. Yeah, community of HSPs, although I'm my main focus is sharing information and helping people, mm-hmm. not necessarily building a community as a emotional support. Got it. More like Yeah, like a hub for people to learn more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mansa. Did I, did I do it right? Did I pronounce it right? Yeah, you're great. It's a Thank pleasure. You, Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. And it's probably uh, dinner time around there. Yeah. Six o'clock. Six <laughs> All right. Nine. Have a great night. Thank you. Take Bye. care. You- and there you have it. That was my conversation with Manka Klinar. Thank you, Manka, for your time. Really enjoyed it. I hope you all got a lot out of that one. If you're a highly sensitive person, if you know one, if you love one, if you're married to one, if you're dating one, if your kids are one, their nervous system is different. And 15 to 20% of the population have this trait 
which as we've said can be a gift it could also be a real burden if you don't know how to harness it right and the world can be a really difficult place for someone who's really sensitive so i hope if you're one if you know someone one you have a little understanding of your nervous system their nervous system and you can really thrive in the world with some of the tools that we talked about of course we'll put her information in the show notes if you want to learn more i thank you all for listening i thank you for your support And if you think someone would benefit from this, please pass it along, and we'll see you next time. Take care.